Welcome, hunters, to SideQuest episode four. Today we are talking about Octopath Traveler, which used to be Project Octopath Traveler, but they decided to keep the name minus Project, I guess, right? I mean, it makes sense. Project Octopath was like a working title, but they didn't want to reveal it. I still keep referring to it as Project Octopath, and people get confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, it confused me by taking off Project, because I still call it Project, and people are like, what are you saying? I'm like, I'm, I'm just, mm, no, sorry. <laughs> My thing is, when people get confused when I say Project Octopath, it's like, it still has the word Octopath, which isn't shared with many other games, or I any, think. Or any other <laughs> games. <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, this is side quest. If I didn't say this before, um, this is our monthly, um, podcast where we take a game and we look at it sort of like a book club style. We ask you listeners to play along with us. And if you didn't fine, um, but right in the front, heavy spoilers, there's going to be spoilers in this game. And there's not even like, there's going to be spoilers that, that we won't even realize are going to be spoilers, especially for this one. It's a very story driven, heavy game. Um, so that said, uh, let's go ahead and jump into what we normally start if start off with, it was our general impressions. Toaster, what do you think? Uh, I, I love it so far. Actually, one thing I was going to say was too, we should bring up, uh, how far we got to, but yeah, I, I love it so far. I think it's a beautiful game. The soundtrack is wonderful. The visuals are excellent. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't hate any of the main characters, which is a huge thing for me because mm-hmm. there's a lot of games where like it's like, oh, this is good. And the main character is just just as terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it has the advantage of any one of the eight can be your main character in quotations. Because um, there is sort of like a main character mechanic, sort of. Basically, the first one you pick in the game becomes your main character until you beat their story. Then they can come out of your party but they're locked in your party till you beat chapter four for that character right um it's a it's good that you like all eight um i do too the internet doesn't like this thing is getting mm-hmm. panned by jrpg fans for being really i don't oh, see yeah, too much dude. hate for it i see a lot of people where they're like they, they don't like a certain character, but overall, it seems like impressions were decent. Uh, as far as story goes, like a lot of people say the story is crap. Huh. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people like the gameplay. They're like, the visuals are great. The sound is great. You know, everything. But when it comes down to the story, I've seen a lot of criticism of it being like very tropey, overused, blah, 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 and that kind of stuff. And well, honestly, I don't agree with them. But part of that is I've never played the big three that everyone refers to, which is Chrono Trigger, um, Final Fantasy VI, and um, Secret of Mana. Never played them. So I actually have a statement on that regarding the whole trophy thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a load of crap. Not not the opinion, but the fact that things can't be trophy. Like, there's a reason things are trophy is because... Well, they work. If they're not tropey, that means they didn't work and nobody decided to do it ever again. So I think it's okay for things to follow a little bit of formula. Obviously, don't be like the exact same game. Like you can't you can't Mario it all the time. Mario yeah. can because they you know, they do little changes and stuff, but yeah, with yeah, RPGs, it's them. okay to follow like ideas. <clears throat> if if you really want to complain about something being tropey, 
no RPG has ever actually been that original because most 90 percent of all tropes are taken from something you know, else, literature and shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So tropey is such a cheap way to criticize things, in my opinion. Well, here's the other thing. It's also getting panned for not being an interconnected story like those big three. So because it's different from those big three, it's getting panned. Uh, it's not a big epic world tale like Final Fantasy VI, per se. Uh, Final Fantasy VI is going to be the one I'm most familiar with because I've seen uh, a completionist review on it. Yeah. <laughs> um the other one is like it's like oh you know it's not it, you know I oh I expected them to be all interconnected stories, and it's like not and so it's getting panned for that so it can't win either way for a lot of people. That and this is this is my this is my like viewpoint of looking into this game on Reddit and this kind of stuff. This is what I'm seeing. Yeah. The general public I don't know I don't. I don't interact with a whole lot of people that are super up or down on this game. Everyone I know personally has really loved this game so far. Um, one but one thing it. I did want to point out is I think it's everybody's not everybody's expecting some massive giant world with crazy interconnecting storylines, but this is a very down to earth RPG. I think that's why I like it. That's why I can relate. For once, there's a story game. I like the story. <laughs> and, and that's my general impression. I love this game. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I know people, it's weird, people complain about being tropey. All the characters have, like, pretty moderate beginnings of, like, there's no, like, oh, it's the chosen one who must save the world from this evil. No, it's a merchant who wants the merchant harder, so she leaves town to merchant harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to get more life experience. I think... I think you could say the one that is the most like, oh, I, I'm such a, I'm such an important person kind of thing. I would say is uh, Albrick, and Albrick's beginning tale. He was the protector of a prince of a kingdom that fell, and like that's like that's like one of the things is I, I'm going to refer it a bit to a Dungeons and Dragons because that's where most of my RPG experience lies. Um, it's like you get a as a DM, you get a character. It's like I was the chosen protector of such and such prince and such and such kingdom i'm like you're asking for a lot of working with me on your backstory here <laughs> like that's about the worst one was all that work. is that is i will say that is a common storyline but it's there's a reason it works um that's true if, yeah and it, those... it ties it, it ties into him very well um so for sake of um f- just for understanding uh, for the audience, what it, what there is is there's eight characters, eight playable characters in the game. Um, I'm gonna try to cycle through them all. So you have Tressa, who you mentioned is the merchant. Um, you have Primrose, the dancer. Albrecht, the knight. Um, you have Hanette, who's the hunter. Cyrus, who's the mage, and you have uh, Therian, which is the thief. And then Alfine, which is the, what do you call him? Apothecary. Yep. And I'm missing one. Uh, Cyrus. The, you said no, Cyrus I the said mage, Cyrus. right? Yes, I did. Um, I'm thinking of them in Paris. Oh, 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 oh no, no. Ophelia. Ophelia, the, yeah. the cleric. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm going to I'm gonna identify these characters in another way for people who've played a lot of RPGs. Okay. Um. Ophelia is Yuna from Final Fantasy X. 
I understand uh, that one. Tressa is this one might be a little bit about there. Tressa's that girl from uh, Racketeer, Resetear, the person who wants to be a good merchant, so she goes out into the world. Um, no idea. <laughs> yeah, you you might like that one. Um, uh, Therion is kind of the the rogue who thinks highly of himself. I, I I've, I'm going to be honest; I did not get far in his storyline. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, my my girl, my our amazing lady huntress, is the one who's very noble, uh, does her job well, but is trying to understand the outside world a little bit better. You know, yeah, <clears throat> a little green, uh, outside of the woods. Yeah. Um. Oh crap! The warrior's name. Uh, Albert. Uh, he is uh, Captain uh, Von ba- um, Vash of. Uh, Damask. What's uh, the the fighter guy from Final Fantasy Twelve? The one who got betrayed. Shit, uh, you know, kingdom went down, and so he's just trying to stay noble and rise back up after. Oh wow! Yeah, that kicked. is yeah, that is totally yeah. <laughs> it kicked into nothingness. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have great comparisons for the others, but yeah, there's some that are very clearly you know similar to other characters. I'm not gonna say inspired or copies because they're not. They have their own reasons for doing what they're doing um but. so be- before we dive into a lot of <laughs> the mechanics and that kind of stuff um how far we got is going to be based on how the the game works essentially uh it, it is is what it is is you have a four chapters for every character um and as i understand it there is post game content after those chapters but essentially what you're going to consider beating the game for a character because after you beat the first fourth chapter, you get the credits. So, yeah, that's right. um, th- what you're going to get, it, what I would consider beating the game is completing chapter four with all eight characters. Um, there is post game content and there is a post game boss. I don't know what that is. I haven't got there, but in terms for the audience here of how we're understand how far we got in the game, uh, I'm going to say that, I have completed chapter four for Primrose, um, Cyrus, Hanet, and Albrecht. Uh, and the next closest is I completed chapter two for Tressa and everyone else is chapter one for me. So my goal <laughs> was to get my main party all the way through chapter four for each of them. Um, I wanted to get all of them through chapter four, but I, there wasn't enough time. So... So I managed to get through uh, chapter one for everybody, mm-hmm. and then some uh, a decent handful of the chapter twos. Downside is I didn't. My roommate also got into playing uh, Octopath, and he got significantly farther than me, which is also why I wasn't able to get that far. Yeah. So, but uh, I mean, like, I think even just doing the chapter ones, you're gonna you're gonna be able to talk decently about the mechanics and that kind of stuff of the game. Oh yeah, I do have a request though. Don't like. Ruin the whole storyline, obviously. We, we talk about spoilers, but don't like be like, oh, and the twist is... Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I am going to talk about the characters themselves, though. I'm not going to talk yeah, about yeah. the events. That's good. I want to talk about their personalities more so than the events of the story when we get to that section. But because it's pseudo-spoilery still for people who haven't played the game. Oh, right, right. right. Uh, I'm going to assume that I'm just I'm going to assume that chapter one spoilers are just whatever. Oh, yeah. You're going to chapter hear chapter one spoilers. Everybody. 
I'm trying not to go anything past chapter one. Um, okay. So, but there's there's things to talk about when we get to the characters. There's a lot. Uh, that's probably yeah. going to be the biggest part of our discussion. Um, I have some I, mechanics discussion as well, but that's... that's oh, no, no, yeah, but I want to do the character <laughs> stuff last, that, and that's okay. why. Because we're gonna, I'm gonna do another spoiler warning at that point. Oh, um, okay. So, mechanics-wise, um, there's stuff to talk about. Like this is kind of like your standard JRPG left versus right battle system. It's your turn. Uh, speed takes a, like a turn order, and everything, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you use items to heal. There's there's outside a battle. You run on a map. <laughs> like I mean, it's so it's pretty pretty close to other JRPGs in the sort of uh, overworld kind of style, but the battle system is very different. I I will love the battle system specifically. I like I like that even even though it is you know everybody gets one turn per turn. Yeah, it, essentially speed helps is because you want to go first before the opponent but also yes. the the whole breaking system kind of helps and um mm-hmm. the yeah, break system is it, that's what makes it good for me is the breaking system i'm gonna say that's something that's unique to octopath the closest thing i can relate to it is um if anybody played final fantasy Dissidia, they had a a system where you had to shatter your opponent's bravery hmm. um to power up your attacks so you can do HP damage. So you hit their like bravery stat, but you also hit their hit point stat. Mm. Um, it's not quite the same here. Like they have uh, in this game, they kind of have armor points where uh, every time you hit them with an attack they're weak to, it gets rid of all those armor points. And when they get to zero armor points, they get stunned for two turns, the one you're on and the next turn, along with opening right, so up for damage from anything. The rest of the current turn and then one turn. Yes. Yeah. And, and you it's, can it's break multiples at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, I think that's the core mechanic, honestly, of this system. Like, there's a lot of cool mechanics around Octopath. It's it's great. I love that they have job systems and stuff. But I think that defense breaking is the core mechanic. Yeah. So one of the things is that they start playing with later on. Again, pseudo-spoilery territory. But there's a lot of bosses that shift weaknesses. And they get better armor after every time you break them. So sometimes, oh really? Yes, yeah, so you don't. Sometimes it's almost like, do I want to break them? Because can I handle not breaking them? So what 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 breaking does essentially gives you gives you a break in quotations of the the enemy attacking. Um, so you can focus down like a breaking like a dangerous monster and just sort of take the hits from the lower monsters in a, in a group or that kind of thing. Um, it's really strategic in the fact of when do I want to break and who do I want to break with? Because once they're broken, they don't have any resistance. If you're not hitting them with a weakness when they have armor, you're doing reduced damage. So yeah, once they're broken, they're taking full damage from everything also. So that's good to know too. I've seen several different strategies revolving breaking things. And I think I love it. One is, um, I've seen the, the biggest one I see is obviously people, um, getting everybody ready to to do as much burst damage as they physically can in the win- in the break window. Um, it's kind of how I did it. Kind of. The other one I saw is people only using breaks as a pause button on the fight. Like they would be dumping damage on them, even with like un 
you know, not super effective attacks. But then when the boss did something dangerous, they would just quick break the boss and then go back to dealing damage. Right. I think it's important to notice, uh, to, to at least uh, mention the BP system that kind of oh, yes. plays into this. So BP is battle point. And so every turn that you don't use a battle point, you gain a battle point. Um, so at the beginning of the turn, you gain a battle point. And a battle point is where you can augment attacks. And if it's just a physical attack, you basically attack twice. So one of the things you can do is if like something has four armor, and you can only go up to max of four battle points used at once, although you can hold six. Right. The thing is weak to daggers. You have four points of daggers, so you know four battle points. So you can bump it up to four and hit them four times with a dagger. Assuming you don't miss any of those attacks, you're gonna break them. So yeah. this also plays into magic and abilities and that kind of stuff. So every character, well, every job has their own attacks and abilities and that kind of stuff. And if it doesn't do multiple, the only thing that does multiple strikes based on BP is your basic attack. All the abilities, they just get stronger with each each, uh, each battle point spent. Uh, this is especially useful for stuff like mages and that kind of thing because you just, you bump up the damage really hard with those battle points. Um, the BPs. Uh, their strategies to gain more BPs per turn, their strategies to donate BP and that kind of stuff. So that's that's another layer of it of just like over over dumping BP into breaking. I don't do that personally. I kind of play it vanilla with the BP, which a lot of people say is a bad way to do it. But whatever, it's the way I like doing it. As long as the enemies die and you don't die, you're good. Right. Um, one thing I wanted to point out with involving the BP system. Mm-hmm. Um. In previous games, I'm going to compare this to Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3 now. Um, speed and classes and some arcane mixture of math determined if you did multiple attacks per turn. Like, right. if you've ever played Final Fantasy 1, occasionally your fighter would just swing and it'd be like 8 hits. And you're like, well, why did it pick 8 hits? I don't know. Um, that seems this is This is more of a controlled way to do it. Mm-hmm. Where you can control how many hits you want per turn because on occasion you don't want to push too hard because maybe that'll put a boss into berserker mode because you pushed it past that you know 30 percent hit point threshold or something like that so yeah. now you can kind of control yourself a little bit more <sighs> and i think that's more putting more agency in a player's hands versus just oh well your fighter hits eight times why because the math says it hits eight times now yeah basically the rng um, this is, as far as like the overworld stuff, there is a fast travel if you've been to a town before. Personally, I didn't like using the fast travel. Uh, I only used it towards the end to sort of hurry up and get the chapter fours done. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, honestly, using fast travel is not great anyway, because you do need to get levels and do a little bit of grinding yeah, in this game. Yeah, that's, that's why I wanted to, I wanted to basically, <laughs> with just traveling where you want to go, that essentially that's your grind you don't have to sit there and cycle in an area to grind levels like a lot of other jrpgs except for uh so i played a little bit after beating everyone's chapter fours which i literally beat my fourth chapter four this morning hey Uh, um but the i started playing with my off group which is so I, i guess i'll say my main group which was primrose which is who i started with 
Albrecht, Hanet, and Cyrus. Uh, and I played with those four the majority of my experience. I then have an off group, which is like the ones that are like, okay, I'm going to finish all these chapter fours, and then I'm going to do the other chapter fours, which was uh, Tressa, uh, gosh, Ophelia, uh, Alfine, and Therian. And those four are severely underleveled. Severely. Yeah. So I actually have to grind now, and that's been kind of a, a bummer. That's why I've... I've I'm going to be putting this game down for at least a week. <laughs> I do want to point out I like that grinding, or at least not grinding to get advanced, but getting grinding to do catch-up is a lot easier. Yeah. Because in a lot of games, they'll they'll punish you for bringing somebody too weak. They'll be like, oh, well, in order to level them, if you have to fight something their level, you can't just go somewhere else. In this game, no. You can absolutely have, like, three level 60s in your party and then one level 5 and go kill something level 60, and that 5 will jump like 20 levels. Catching sure. up is pretty easy. So it's not, you know, as painful as it could be. Well, I'm doing it in a painful way because I'm leveling a whole off party at once. So. Oh, God, yeah. Always bring at least one good person. That way you can go fight higher level stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, Tressa's good. She's 17, everyone else is 11. So. But, uh... I... Everyone Continuing. else is 63. Oh. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, continuing with the mechanics, though, I think it, it, it a lot of stuff is a lot more controlled. Like, it is some ideas from other games, but with more control and more effort on your part. Um, I do want to mention Olives is a terrible way to revive people. What is? Olives. Olives oh. is the item that revives people. That's right. I don't <laughs> get that. I don't get that. I haven't had I haven't had anybody die yet, so <laughs> Oh. Um by happened. the way, I start I, I started with um I'm gonna be terrible. I keep forgetting people's names. Hannet. I, I started with Hannet. Hannet. Hannet, sorry. Yeah. And I like her a lot. So from what oh, yeah. I found is everybody has their like favorite characters. I, I like Hannet a lot. Um I'll get into but, that with the personalities, because Yeah. Yeah. There is there is one side to the mechanics I think that kind of fell through a little bit. Okay. Um, is, is they and this is part of something that they advertised quite a bit. Um, they'd said like, oh well, you know, this whole path system, everything's going to have two ways of handling it: the rogue path and the cool in the good person path. I really didn't feel that as much. I didn't I mean, see that anywhere of them saying that, but I didn't feel that at all. Yeah. So the whole thing was advertised as like, oh well, there's a. There's actually, there's a real words for it, but I'm going to go ahead and say noble in the rogue path. I know it's not called that, but it's basically it. Where one can reduce your reputation in town because it's considered a not nice way to do things. And the other one can, uh, is just like level gated. So it really didn't feel like, it didn't really feel like you're, you know, being punished. It just more felt like more like the risky way. Um, Are you talking about the path actions? Yeah. So... To give an example, uh, there is pairs of them. That makes sense. Yeah, right, right. So Alfric and Hanit. Alfric can challenge people to a fight, and he'll just get into a fight with them, and he can use items in all his actions. And you have to be a certain level to challenge certain people. And if you fail, you don't take any negative reputation in town. Meanwhile, Hanit can do the exact same thing, kind of, except she sticks up one of her, or she sticks her pets on them, and you can use her, Linda. her pets, her pets in action she's captured. Yeah. 
And well, it's not just Linda; it's all the all the pets you can use. Well, I know, but but you can only use pet actions and items. You can't use the other jobs or abilities during it. Right. You're also not level gated. You can challenge anybody you want with her, and it, if you fail, you take negative reputation in a town. Yep. Which is supposed to be like a punishment, but to fix your reputation in town, you go bribe the. You, it, you you pay the shop or the bartender to spread good word about you guys. In reality, you're just bribing them. Yeah, and it costs four thousand. That's it, flat it, four thousand. No matter how many times it happens. Yeah, it's really cheap. And well, I, four thousand is pretty steep in the early game, but yeah. But yeah, it, overall, it's 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 a yeah. decently cheap cost. And I don't think that was so much of a rogue action, so much as a risky action. The other comparison is um, Tressa the merchant with uh, Therion the thief. Um, buying items can, versus stealing. <laughs> yeah, you can just buy any item you want, or you can go take the thief and just try to steal it. And if you fail, go bribe a shopkeeper and try it again. Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes it's almost an impossible percentage. So, right. uh, because I have both Tressa and Therion in my party for my off party that I'm doing. So I'm, I'm looking at it and it's like, okay, you can get so and so shield. For three percent chance to steal or eighteen thousand whatever currency. Yeah, I want to call the problem it Z- is Zenny. I was like, I'm just going to pay the eighteen thousand because that's easier. The problem is those safe skimming also exists. So it's just like I think that they oh, that the risk true, action too. should have had a lot more risk. Uh, the other one is um, uh, Cyrus Ophi- versus Alfine. Yeah, so Cyrus can like challenge people to find out information, and there's a percentage it'll. Work it basically Sherlock Holmes them. He investigates them. Yeah. And it, there's a percentage it works or not. Or you can take Alfine, who does the exact same thing. It's just who you can get information off works. of is Yeah, but it's it's also based off your level. You can't yeah. you'll just go up to somebody and be like, No, you can't ask them for more information. They're level fifty and you're level twenty. But if you go with the other guy, you can go up and just try it anyway. Yes. Yep. Which again, it's it would be cool if it had an actual punishment to it, but 4,000 gold is not much. And you right. can try like three times before you have to pay 4,000 gold. Five. And then, you have five attempts. Oh, is it five before your reputation drops? Yep. Wow. And then the last one is um, bringing along uh, teammates. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah, so Ophelia and Primrose, um, they can... Uh, Primrose will seduce a a uh, NPC to come join them in battle, uh, whereas Ophelia will just ask them to come with. <laughs> um, I, don't, is... I don't know how to say other than seduce because basically she's like, "I'm going to help you on your way." It's not like a, it's not like a, "Hey, come here, baby," like it is with Primrose the dancer. It's it's literally, I guess, "I'm going to help you follow me." Uh, it's like uh, you ever play Oddworld. Yeah, well, with her, I always thought it was like a "Hey, you want to uh, you want to help that's, me out?" That's what I'm comparing out. it to. Yeah. Is Odd World. It's like, "Hello, hello, follow me." Okay, that's that's kind of what Ophelia yeah. does. Um, and uh, whereas Primrose is like, uh, "Pray, come hither." It's like what she says, and she's like, yeah. And then if the person is seduced, they come and join you. But that's um, the thing is, wh- it's again, it's just guaranteed, but level locked versus percentage chance for it to work. Now, I will say that those two, the, the, the following ones, are the only ones that actually have an effect in battle. Everything else is overworld. Um, 
there are certain things that will give you advantages in battles, um, like uh, inquiring on an enemy and then you challenge them. Sometimes you'll see weaknesses uh, if you inquire the enemy. <clears throat> um, so if you have to like challenge an NPC and you you read up on him beforehand, it's like this guy doesn't like lightning and like that kind of works. But they're the Ophelia and Primrose abilities are the ones that actively like can be used in battle because if someone's following you their action during battle is hey you know this person joins you yeah you can sick them on the on the opponents yep and they're the only ones where their path action and talent intersect i think um kind of so each what makes up a character is their personality Mm-hmm. And then their action outside of combat, and then two other things. Their, I'm going to say personal talent because it's it's the thing that you can do as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use Hannah as an example. Hannah can tame beasts. She can identify them, tame them, trap them, and then send them out to do attacks. Yes, and they're kind of like they're kind of like limited use summons. They're all right. It lets you cover weaknesses and attacks that you may not have. Or in the case of those uh, frogs, provide an insane heal. That does mm-hmm. way too much healing. There's a sheep, <laughs> there's a sheep that that without boosting it does a thousand healing. Yeah, it it's it's really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's exclusive to her. But she's also a hunter, so she has abilities like rains of arrows and s- stuff like that, yeah. which is cool. Um, but uh, a mechanic that we hadn't talked about yet is you can change characters' classes. Well, not really change, sorry. You can add additional characters' cap classes. It's it's a job system, very similar to tactics. Which I'm actually very happy about, by the way. Yeah. Final if you Fantasy don't know, Tactics. If you don't know, Tactics is my favorite game of all time. It's so up th- It's up there for me. I agree with you on that. It's, it's, what, uh, it's my favorite Final Fantasy, I'll say that. Yeah, so how it works is you had a your job like you're a knight. But you can pick another job as your secondary job, and you get the actions of that job. Right. So, so it's important to note that all eight characters have their own job. You have dancer, warrior, thief, all that kind of stuff. They are that job. You can add um, one of another job, which is another character. You're basically mixing the abilities of two different characters into one. Yeah. But that's why I specific- specified your natural talent versus your job. Mm-hmm. Because anybody could become a hunter but they do not get Hannet's whole taming the beast thing. No, they just get the hunter abilities, which is Thunderbird and Arrows. So. Right. So everybody has something like that that's exclusive to them. Mm-hmm. Um, example, Therion's, I believe, is um, he has certain steals that he can do in combat, but then he has a Steve version of those steals too, right? Yeah, I don't know his particularly well. Um, I don't use his thief abilities a lot. Yeah, I know. I know Ophelia. I'll, I'll give the example. Ophelia can uh, uh, her her talent, her natural talent is calling to people in the battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and generally, they're kind of tied to your right. You're out. You're out of combat skill. Not a direct tie, but like you said with Ophelia and um, Primrose, it's direct. Primrose, it is a direct tie. Yeah, um, and then. Ophelia's other thing is basically white magic from Final Fantasy or clerical magic or divine magic, whatever. Healing. Mostly healing and light. She's the only one who can do yep. light damage. 
Um, um, so that's why you take a second class. So, like, example, maybe you don't want Ophelia in your party for reasons, but you still want a white mage who can white mage good. Yes. You can set anybody else as a white mage. Yeah. Once you get that shrine, the thing is you have to find these job abilities on shrines. Um, yes. I never found the one for Tressa. I never found the merchant shrine. I thought they were marked. I don't know. I never found it. Um, and I have the whole, almost the whole map explored, I think. Um, one thing I did want to point out, this is, I, I'm not going to call it a story spoiler because it's not story. You can mm-hmm. kind of stumble across one relatively early on. There are other classes too. I believe there's super classes. Yeah. I don't remember how many there are, but there four. are secret classes. There's four, uh, but they are locked behind hard fights. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I have attempted the, the arc magus, which is the spell casting one. I have attempted it at least six different times. Both, uh, one time I got very close to completing it. It was a 27 minute fight. Yep. There's and, and I've still th- died. I got to see the uh Star Seer. Woo. <laughs> I don't know what the Star Seer does. It astrologian style stuff. So buffs and calling stars out of the sky to fall So it's it's the <laughs> There's there's kind of like there's kind of like it makes sense. There's sort of like four different archetypes, right? There's yeah. the there's the buff slash healer archetype. There's the warrior archetype. There's the mage archetype, and then there's the sort of utilitarian. Yeah, green mage. <laughs> um, u- u- utilitarian kind of style. I think that's yep. what those four are. Because I mean, one is easy to tell. The warmonger is the warrior, and yeah, yeah. the archmagus is definitely the mage. I don't, I don't, I didn't know about the star seer and the what the other one is. Um. Those are the two that were confusing me because I didn't. Did it, I, until you use them, I don't think you're going to know. I didn't get any of these. I wanted to, but that's a goal for me to do with my high level party. I think I should do <laughs> yeah, to to help out my lower level party to help them. Right. Um, um, you you also have passives on every character, which is. Kind of like passive skills in Final Fantasy Tactics, where right. So as you unlock abilities with job points, just like Tactics, you basically you you get job points for every battle. You unlock abilities to do for your job. When you get a second job, you're also balancing your spending on two different jobs. Sometimes, in my case, I used upwards of three to four jobs on certain people just to get those passives. But as you unlock more, you get more passives. Um, yep. Which is kind of cool that you can... Yeah, yeah, you can mix and match passives. Yeah. So one of the things that I do... um, So I ended up doing, and I'm going to be doing with the second party, to sort of mirror it, because this is how I played, is I liked uh, liked having uh, a sort of like a designated healer um, that was sort of like... uh, That was able to do some off, like, breaking and damage... But mostly she was a healer, and it was Primrose for me. So Primrose was, uh, in the end, spec'd as the healer, uh, as, as, as a hmm. cleric. So he was a dancer cleric. Okay. So she was buffs and healing, mostly. Um, then I had Albrick, who was spec'd as a hunter, because hunter boosts your attack and critical. So it was sort of like min-maxing his da- physical damage. 
Okay. Then I had Hanette, who was the opposite. She was the hunter maxed as a warrior. So she was had more increased attack uh, on top of that. So they were two heavy physical damagers. And then I had Cyrus, who by himself is the best mage. And then I gave him a dancer. So literally everything was each other, except for Primrose was, was basically Ophelia. And Cyrus was basically Primrose. Like the only outside class I had was the white mage or the cleric. And um, Cyrus, he had a lot of different things on him. He had uh, everything from dancer to, so he was a dancer in the end. But Cyrus had a lot of abilities from like three different classes, I think. Um, stuff like that. Uh, I know that uh, if I am doing a physical damager, this is what I want to mention that the passives for. There's The passives for the hunter are insane. Because you have two different things that allow you to do di- extra attacks. Yep. So there's one that gives you a 50% chance to perform a another attack on top of any basic attack this includes if you battle if you bp boost it so if you do a four there's a chance the 50 percent chance to do a fifth so <laughs> it's really uh really awesome then there's one that's a 25 percent chance that you basically get an extra turn at the end of the turn oh uh one thing i did want to point out sorry this is just a big positive for me because I, I i get very happy whenever i see it mm-hmm. um you uh your character actually changes based on what they are. So everybody has a yeah, default outfit. Yes. Uh, well, I think it, it reflects on their sprites outside of battle, too. No, it does not. Absolutely does not. Huh. Weird. Yeah, it's a big, um, that's a big complaint. But uh, anyways, uh, whenever you change their subclass, I'm going to call it subclass. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, whenever you change their subclass, that changes their... Um, it enhances their current outfit. So it's not like, you know, t- tactics where your character's hair length and color in- changes dramatically whenever oh, no, you shift yeah. classes. You just, it'll change the colors a little bit. Like anybody who becomes a dancer gets a little bit more flowy and some nicer colors and stuff like oh, that. Oh, dude, dude, no. Cyrus? <laughs> Cyrus gets like a, like a vest, like a, like a, like one of those like guy stripper vests that go. Like, oh yeah, you absolutely stomach. see you see midriffs on dancers. It makes yeah. it makes me happy. <laughs> oh dude, he he goes he goes all out ballerina like the the male like cut ballerina, um, which is funny. I'll, I'll get to his personality part later. Um, it fits one thing him. I wanted to point out to you one combo I see a lot is uh, warriors with merchants. I wanted them. That's one of the things. I wanted the merchant subclass. I wanted it because. That's the only su- that's the only class that can do wind damage, and it was the one damage I was missing. Hmm. That's what I would have had Hanet using. Okay. But yeah, I couldn't find it. But I think it's neat that they have all these smaller mechanics built in that don't overall like wholly change the game, but they definitely make it feel unique. They yeah, they make you feel like you're building your own team. There's a lot of team comps out there and a lot of people are like, oh no, you have to use Alfine with this and this and this and I'm like, I don't use Alfine. I don't even know how to use them that well. Um I mean I know I can't get ability but I can't get his concoct to work. Even when I use like the one that's like labeled as potent which is supposed to do a lot of damage. I'll use it and it does like thirty to each character and I'm like, oh Never mind, I'll just not use this ever. Yeah, you, you need later <laughs> game materials, basically, to do more. Yeah, like certain characters you just might 
like better not only because of their looks or maybe you like their special ability like i i use hanit because well first off she's my main character because i picked her first yeah but i love that um the capture mechanic because i can cover all my things is i don't want to say a pokemon like mini side quest thing because it's not really but I mean, the ability of being like every time i encounter a new monster my first thought is i should capture this to see what its skill is you can capture sub bosses some of them really yes there's there's um these these extra dungeons and the world to help you get better items and that kind of stuff they're just side quests there like, there's nothing story-wise that would ever put you in one of these dungeons um yeah. and there's one with a moth there now granted i had to boost it all the way and it had to be in the red and broken so like basically you're weakening the opponent as much as you can to get a better chance to capture him. Still only right. had a 3% chance to capture it, but I, my wow. goodness, did I try. Um, this giant moth. And uh, it would have been really good because it poisons the whole enemy team uh, when I read it, I think. Because that's what it did as an attack against me. That's my guess. But yeah. It's, yeah. But it's kind of neat. Um, oh, well, something to note about her. Uh, she also has an infinite use uh pet it's it's the snow leopard that she's starts off with linda and uh it's it's kind of there it's it's nice because it it does it has spear and sword attacks uh Which downside it, about her is if you boost it it doesn't do multiple attacks this just does more powerful also yeah. you don't get to control it it sort of nope. has this pseudo pseudo logic that's behind it on what it uses you, I notice it always tries to use spear first, and if that doesn't super effective, it tries for AoE, the the AOE sword attack next. Um, if you've discovered a weakness, it'll default to that. Oh, okay. Did not know that. Yeah. Which yeah. Well, um, that's one of the things of the scholar, which is the mage. The scholar can identify weaknesses as a as an action. So, if you identify weaknesses, and Linda comes in and she's like, "Okay, this thing has a spear. I'm going to hit it with a spear." Um, which, you can also do like I do and just aim randomly until you hit a weakness. <laughs> I do that sometimes. I, I've started to learn different monster types have different things, uh, specifically. Luckily, once you've discovered a weakness on a monster, it's locked forever. Like, there's other variants of that monster generally, but, um, mm. like, yes, yeah, A is always going to have spear weakness. And it'll and, and once you've discovered it, you've discovered it. Period. For that monster. Right. You never have to discover it again. Even my second party that has never seen some of these monsters, it's they're coming across. I know all the weaknesses because I've battled them so many times in the first party. So there's stuff like that. Uh, granted, each boss is going to have their own unique stuff, so you're going to have to identify them again. But um, Right. Uh, and to start off with, you only like the, uh, the identify spell. We'll only like identify one weakness at a time. You can obviously, I think you can boost to discover more, though. Right? Yes. Nice. Yep. One extra per boost. So you're going to discover up to five at the most. Which, I mean, that's pretty excessive. Yeah. I would say. I think the most I ever did was three at once. Uh, <clears throat> um, so, a lot of the mechanics out of the way. That took a long time. <laughs> But I mean, it's, it's we an RPG. Super, There's always complicated mechanics. Well, I, I think part of it was we, we all we both kind of liked it too. So mm -hmm. um, that was that was a good positive. Uh, one thing, um, 
I don't want to run out of time here, so we're probably going to go over an hour. But um, uh, can I do a one 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 line mention of something real fast? Sure. The music is excellent. Like if if you do not plan on playing this game, just YouTube a playlist of the music. It's it's really good. <laughs> it's literally what I was going to go into. Is like one thing I don't want to not mention is a the music and b the art style. The art style is really what grabbed me when they first showed off this game. Um, it's got this beautiful dynamic lighting in a lot of areas. I mean, it's just like really good. It's still that sort of Final Fantasy tactics aesthetic, like a like a diorama style with 2D cutouts. Yeah. Um, but it's I'm, done really well. Uh, you traverse the, the world in 3D. They kind of hide things in that style. Like, gosh, I'll tell you what, there's a dungeon I, that I was playing a couple days ago. Yeah. Could not figure out how to get to this chest. I just started randomly running into walls, and I eventually ran through one and went down a path and finally got the chest. I probably spent I, a good two hours of gameplay in that, that cave looking for that chest. One thing I like is, uh, you, know, and, you know, I've said it again, Texas favorite game, whatever. I generally don't like pixel games that much. I used to a lot. The issue is that a lot of things started picking up pixel games, and it slowly started to become a sign of low quality. Like, oh, well, we made a pixel not for a stylistic choice, but because it's cheaper to produce. Well, not just and, that. They're all flat. Even tactics. But also... They're, they're the color palette is just like, here's a color, here's another color. It was all flat and not a lot of shading. There's literally a shadow. Also, it's if you put too much detail on a pixel, like a lot of games do, if you put if you use pixels and then use de- too much detail for it, everything gets lost. You will mm. just not see things because there's too much happening on the screen at once. And right. Well, these aren't it, this pixels game was very as good much as their sprites. They're, right. they're sprites. So you're 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 seeing, uh, you know, like a fully rendered 2D, but still fully rendered object there. You're not seeing I pixelated. Mean, a sprite that's made of of pixels. <clears throat> not. I yeah, mean, it, it's mm, pixel. I would see. I would mechanically, argue. it is not pixels. Art style is a pixel. When I can count the <clears throat> amount of squares that make up someone's eyes, it's pixel art. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's not blocky. That's that's where I would draw the line of pixel. Uh, it doesn't look blocky to me. It actually looks stylized. <laughs> I would I would highly advise in checking out a pair of glasses. <laughs> I, <laughs> because I I have a very strong prescription. Because <laughs> I can tell you Ulbrich's eyes are three squares of black on the left, uh, two squares of white on the right hand side, and then one square of a little bit darker white uh, to the top right hand side. Sure. I mean, yeah, but it's still very clear. Whereas I don't really, con- uh, I don't really uh, equate that to pixel art style. You know what I mean? I don't. Okay. They're sprites, which is like the next step up, in my opinion. Well, yeah. So they're they're more high end SNES era sprites. Yeah. Bigger than that, but yeah. I see where you're going, get trying to get with that, but I would still call it pixel because <laughs> they still follow the grid, you know. Yeah, and it, well, and one of the thing is like the the lighting. They actually, you know, they have like dynamic lighting and that kind of stuff. You're not you're not looking at here's a shadow and that's the end of it. You're actually going to see multiple shadows from different light sources. You're going to see like it looks a lot better. Just like a there's like fog effects that actually obscure things. There's depth and there's all sorts of 
visual effects that really make this game shine. And like, oh. and like you said, the music is just fantastic in this and game. And the spells are not pixelated. The spell no. effects and attack effects are not pixelated. No, at all. they are um, fully whatever art art stylized, however you want to say it. Um, another thing I was going to point out was like even the snow areas. Oh man, any place that has snow looks amazing because the snow doesn't follow the um, kind of storybook aesthetic it has. It follows very snow sparkly look to it. Mm-hmm. And it actually has snowfall that looks realistic versus just like, oh, we put a flat layer over the screen. You have to turn it <clears> yeah. You here's, snow now. Here's a layer of opaque fog. Here you go. It just, it's a lot better than that. Um, a little story about the music. I first booted this game up. I, I was at uh, I was at a trip to my parents' house. I first booted it up on my parents' TV. We were about ready to start a D and D party, but we had some time beforehand. Then I got pulled off to help with other things, so it just sort of sat on the title screen for a good two hours, and it was just sort of playing in the background while I was doing stuff to help out. I was like, "This is really good music," and I've been listening to it for like two hours, and I'm not bored of it. Like just the title theme. Um, and then I also remember just sort of laying in bed playing one night and we were in uh Hanet's village. I can't remember the, the name of it, but the starting village for Hanet and that thing like in, not in a bad way, in a good way, it actually just put me to sleep. I was like, okay, I need to put the game down cause I'm sleepy now. Like it was just so relaxing and so peaceful. Um, it was just like, th- th- there's the music is just awesome throughout the, th- uh, throughout the whole game anytime you're in the snow land there's like a, a there's a couple different snow areas and they all sort of have this sort of easy going theme and it's always like yeah. wow this feels like so peaceful and then you get into the battles and you know the battle theme I don't, i'm not a huge fan of the the generic battle theme um there's boss themes that are really good but like the, the generic one is okay it's serviceable but for the most part, like all the music has been really great. Something I wanted to point out about the about the music in the winter areas specifically. Mm-hmm. They did winter music without making it sound Christmassy. It's yes, yes, they did. It, it's such a like rarity thing about that. Like ninety percent of the time when you have Christmas music, it's just like oh well, we gotta have sleigh bells and it's gotta be Christmas. Yeah. Know, they, they actually did it really decently. Like it just feels. Um, <clears throat> It kind of reminds me of like a lonely glacier style of music where it's just like very cold, very quiet and still mm-hmm. is how the music reminds me of. Yes. Which is nice. And it, it actually kind of does make you feel cold. <laughs> the music. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's 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 pulling on some things. But then again, I live in an area that can get pretty cold. So maybe that's just me mm-hmm. nostalgia. But um, the. Uh, I was going to say, you, you mentioned like, oh, it sounds Christmassy. It's like one of my favorite games musically is Banjo-Kazooie. It's a game about music, essentially. You collect music notes and that kind of stuff. Even their Ice World theme is super Christmassy. Yep. Super Christmassy. And I still love it. But like that, I, that is not something I would have thought to mention. Yeah, it's not. It's not Christmassy. Yeah, this it's just such it's such a good, you know, unique art style and that kind of stuff. Uh, just artistically, and visuals and and music. I mean, as as a, as a game, this is probably one of the most impressive 
uh, aesthetics I've seen in a long time. Um, I'm not a big fan of sprite work or pixelation, like you like you're saying. Um, never been a big fan of that. Um, but then again, like this is pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it. I'm just I'm glad they did a lot to it. They. Another stylistic choice is the menu. They did a very beautiful looking menu without making it unwieldy and terrible. Because I say that because so many times you'll get like a menu where it's like, oh, this looks great. How do I navigate this pile of art? <laughs> right. But this one, they, they made a nice looking menu and it's super easy to navigate through. It's just a simple, like realistically, it's just a bunch of menu items on the left hand side. And then when you click on it, it pops it out. Which yep. sounds basic, but when you see it, it actually looks nice because they didn't try to. It's clean. Go all over the place. Yeah, it's clean, also, which helps. Also, I love that the menu has the map on it by default. Like when you, as long as you don't click into like equipment or something, you can just see the map at all times anytime you open up the menu, and that's kind of cool. So if you just you want to get a quick reference where you are without going to the full map screen and you know zooming around and stuff and trying to filter things you can just pop the map and be like oh okay we're here yeah um well i think it's a good time to get into the characters then we're yes. um getting upwards in time i don't think we're gonna do i mean do you still want to do the sort of get to know us maybe just do a quick question at the end uh sure so we'll just make this a longer episode, I think. Then yeah, and we we don't have to go too in depth with the characters. We can be like our just quick impressions and why you like them or dislike them. Okay. Um. So how about we do this? We'll just do back and forth. We'll just like I'll, okay. I'll bring up one. Want... You bring up one. I'll start it out, and I'll start with Primrose, which is. Yeah. I will say, Primrose is tied. If not two ways, three ways for a favorite. Like they're, uh, I, I I'll say this up front. I there's not a story I didn't enjoy yet. Um, but I can't really fully judge any of them, but four of them, um, because I only finished four of them. And Primrose is the first one I finished, and oh my goodness, a lot of people love Primrose. Uh, as far as like even the the, the bashers of the the story, because Primrose. She, I've heard from many people that she has the most complex and the most well done story. If you want to boil <laughs> it down, it's a revenge story. And that's very clear from the first chapter. Um, there is, there's an artist who, who, who did this, did this really just like really good uh, piece, digital art of Primrose of her standing in the sand when you exit, so the end of chapter one is you confronting basically her pimp, I would call him. Essentially, he's a guy at runs. She, she's not a whore, but she's a dancer who has done more than dance. You get that impression, at least. Yeah. Um, she's the character who's been used all her life, and she's tired of being used. Not exactly, no. No. Um, it's, it's more sinister than that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's the impression I got from it. Um, she is cold and cold as in she is 
bent on one thing, and that is taking down the three guys that took down her father. This is, you know, chapter one stuff that we're talking about here. She is after the three guys that killed her dad. Um, she comes out, uh, like I said, there's this piece where you come out of the end of chapter one, you're confronting basically her master or whatever they call him master. Basically the guy who sort of runs the dancing girls, uh, for this tavern. She has submitted herself as this sort of like cold, but distant, really great dancer, really seductive. She's the best one there. If you've ever seen, um, what is it? Sucker punch the movie. Okay. Um, reminds me of Baby Doll. This sort of like distant emotionally, but everyone just loves her. Um, sort of like uh, really, I don't know. Really seductive dance, but she has so much going on behind the scenes that she's good at hiding. Um, there's this, like I said, there's a really good piece of her. Just there's a point in her first chapter where she sw- flips a switch. Right. She's like, okay. Now is the time that I'm done being this dancing girl for this fool. Right. And that's yeah. the sort of like confrontation for the final boss that I liked her before that point that flip switches. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is amazing because, uh, she did all this on purpose. She submitted herself to, uh, to a life to sort of find these people. She's like, she right. basically is willing to do whatever to get her goal done. And that whatever is stuff that I would never do in my life ever. <laughs> yeah. Like she goes down some dark holes. Uh, but, but uh, I like her a lot because a lot of people, she's been getting uh, railed, especially um, in Germany. Um, she got sort of censored on the, the cover. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, for Germany's yeah well for sexism right oh she's a dancing girl whatever and she's probably the strongest female protagonist I've seen in anything ever she is a person who uses her sexuality as a weapon essentially and is okay with that and is a powerful woman who knows what she wants and knows what she likes and all this kind of stuff like there's nothing weak about her um Again, I will not get into spoilers, but they, they, they play around with this idea a lot. Um, she is still a person. I'll say that, right? She is yeah. far more complex than what you see in Chapter 1, which is pretty complex. Um, I like her a lot. Now, her as a fighter and that kind of stuff, the dancer abilities, they're really good at boosting other people. It's also the only class that does dark damage. So that's thing. That's a thing to keep in consideration. And she also is hilarious for bewildering dance or bewildering grace, which is. Mm-hmm. Have you done bewildering grace? Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. So for each, basically for each boost, it's one of the few abilities that actually get multiple instances per boost. Um, but for each boost, there is a random effect that occurs. It can be awesome. It can heal you for 400 or it can damage wind damage across everybody for, I don't know. It's not, it's not a whole lot, Um, but it has this awesome effect of it can multiply up to a hundred times your JP or XP. I've only ever got 10 
10's the most I got. Or 5. Maybe it was 5. Um, but it's really good if you're trying to farm easy stuff. You're like, okay, I can do basically do 100 battles, but it's rare to happen. The problem is, you can also poison your whole team. And if you're really unlucky, there's one that says you barely survive the attack. It brings everyone on your party to 1 HP. That is rough. That is a rough deal, especially if you also poisoned yourself, because that means anyone who takes an action and didn't heal themselves enough is going to be <laughs> gone. Uh, <laughs> but um, basically, that's how I I, I really like. Uh, I really like Primrose a lot. Like she's a really cool character. I I haven't spent much time with her, but. Uh, Arctic, if y'all remember, mm -hmm. uh, from a while ago, uh, he 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 likes on Hunter Sub. That he, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, roommate for those who haven't who haven't uh, paid attention to Hunter Sub. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, he he thinks that she has probably the best storyline as well. It's, it's it's a very common opinion so far. Um, Again, she's tied for me. Yeah, uh, my starting carrier carrier uh, had it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like her a lot. She's the very serious type of character where she's, uh, she doesn't really, she didn't really have her own personal goal in life. She just, she just was content to, she's, she's a hunter guardian type of thing. You know, the type that they have a, they, they guard a village. They maintain the forest around them. They make sure everything stays on the up and up and all even and everything's good. Um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know, the, the, the storyline with her starts off with you going to go, take down a beast that showed up that you don't know why it came to your town but it came to your your uh, forest but it decided to come to your forest and start destroying lots of things mm -hmm. and killing lots of you know caravans and innocent creatures so you being the hunters goes out to deal with it and you do um and, and then you you do have a master but you're at when you start off at the point where you don't really need him anymore you know you, you're already trained you're good you're not like some newbie hunter who's doing her thing Right, and meanwhile, your master's the bumbling old fool type of character, which I kind of like. That I always like that the master's kind of, you know, not the most, you know, not the most stable type of person, but their apprentice is very stable, very controlled. Mm -hmm. And then your master sets out on a special mission he was going to go do, and he just stays gone. Yeah. Yep, and you're kind of content. You're just like, well, you know, I'll keep writing him. Eventually, he'll come back, whatever. And then somebody comes back and is like, hey, yeah, listen, you're dead. You're, you're uh, your master. Maybe you should go check on him. And so that's that starts your journey. Mm -hmm. I don't want to spoil hers because I really like hers quite a bit. But I love her as a character because she carries herself so seriously because she's very in tune with nature without being in your face about it you know yeah it's not like i'm a druid and i must protect the wilds and <clears throat> for the forest and da, da 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 she's just like no it's my job we gotta make sure people are safe um i also love that she uses a made-up version of old english yeah so yeah the she way doesn't she say speaks, people pan she doesn't her say this yeah i don't get why people hate yeah, this I but she know. doesn't she doesn't do the thine and thou and all that stuff but she does, she does <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit. But uh, she has her own. Okay, I guess she does thou. But um, this is actually is based in reality, where it used to have 
a lot of words used to have like common enders on it, like uh, giving a quote. Um, a couple of her quotes actually. Uh, coming if thou darin, letting us beginnin. You know, adding just that n at the end of a lot of things. Letting mm-hmm. the hunt beginnin. It's it's very kind of old school speak, which I I guess people think it's it sounds cheesy and made up, but I think it fits because she was very. She's out in the forest alone. She's she, not part of the modern world. She's just. It makes her sound her exotic. And her villager, yeah, her and her village are off doing their own thing. It's not like um, the next character I was actually going to talk about, Ophelia, where, oh, you know, she's part of a big city that's connected to big cities. So there's a lot of talk going around. No, her village is pretty much her whole world. Okay. Um, that was it. I like her a lot. Um, she's also far more complex than she seems. Uh, whereas Primrose, she starts on a high note and just sort of, to me, Primrose sort of keeps that high note, right? I feel yeah. that it's not, and I don't think it's any worse. I'm not saying that, that Hanet doesn't yeah. start, that isn't good. Chapter one versus chapter one. I like cha- Hanet's chapter one. It's very mild, though. It's very mild. So she ramps up. She ramps up. So I have finished Hanet's chapter four. I liked her more and more each chapter. And you get to learn more about her. You kind of know who Primrose is after chapter yeah. one. And you just see the events play out and how does this character play. Versus you learn more about Hanet. And there, there's a reason for that too. But again, I might be a little bit of a spoiler. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. So uh, my, my second one is going to be Cyrus. Uh, Cyrus the mage, the scholar. Um, I like Cyrus a lot. And mostly because personally, I kind of identify with Cyrus. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying I'm a good looking dude and everybody likes me, but I identify with the. What? (laughs) I said you can't even cast magic. I know I can't, but (laughs) uh, a lot of guys, a lot of nerdy guys, regardless of, you know, how personable they are, they kind of have a problem recognizing how much other people like them. And that's sort of like what Cyrus is. And that's clear from chapter one. Cyrus gets in trouble because a student likes him and he has no clue. He's just like, Oh, she's a really good student and she wants to spend time so she can learn more and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's made very clear, uh, throughout the story that he's a very good looking dude and doesn't know it. He's like extremely attractive, which is why I love him in the dancer outfit, because the dancer outfit, he's basically kind of like a Chippendale. Like he's just straight up like just <laughs> like, like I, here is my manliness. Like, <laughs> I like that his uh, his um, path action also like kind of reflects that a little bit versus. Yeah. Um, one of the people I also want to talk about. I want to talk about Alfin because he's the one I went with uh, for that side. Um, he scrutinizes more of like walking up to somebody and be like, "Where is the <laughs> like the Batman voice? Where is the trinket? Where is it? <laughs> Tell me about this town. Where is the hidden item?" <laughs> like he doesn't re- he doesn't realize he's being like really in your face about it. But he's just like, "Hey, I need to know this." Yeah, he yeah, yeah he's very back off, dude. <laughs> he's not a very good people person, but he's not a he's <laughs> he's like one of those people 
there's two different kinds of people who aren't good people persons. There's the very over blunt and an offensive person. And then there's the clueless guy. He's just the clueless guy, which is, yeah. which makes him even more adorable to the girls. So like, um, again, not spoilers, but there is a cast of girls and it's not like a harem thing. There's a cast of girls that like, I really wish you weren't so clueless something might've happened or something like that. Like it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> this is an ongoing problem. Um, <laughs> uh so yeah that's that's been that's been great um i like him a lot just he's the mage he's really good at at doing a multiple hit attacks that hit multiple people uh i won't go too far into it but basically if you need elemental damage go with with a scholar he's he's really good um his inquire ability which is sort of like his natural thing is you just at the beginning of the battle you just learn something you learn a weakness start of the battle it's pretty good. I really meet. I really miss that not playing him on second party because, like, I came across a monster that I hadn't really fought too much yet, and I was like, I have no idea what he's. I have no idea what to start on this guy. It was the first time in a long time. <laughs> like, okay, I can't just start with the breaking him here. So, what's your next one? Uh, so actually, I was gonna do Ophelia, but I'm, I'll actually do Alfin next because he's he's the opposite of Cyrus. Yeah, Alfin is a great people person. He's a oh yeah, he's he's an alchemist or sorry, not alchemist. He's an apothecary. Different. Apothecary, yes. Uh, and he's a wonderful, nice guy. He's like the best friend of the whole town. He knows everybody in the town by first name. He knows all their problems. Like he has remedies prepared for certain people. Like one of the first people, he's like, he just stops by an old random person. He's like, "Hey, here's the thing for the thing you wanted. All right, have a good day. Bye." Yeah, and he's just a nice person. Even his his chapter one storyline is the nicest thing. Um, I, I can't wait to see more of him because I want to know if he's gonna like. Is he gonna break? Is he gonna have something terrible? What's gonna happen with him? Um, his his, his whole thing is he wants to. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He wants to learn more. He wants to get better, learn more. He wants to... Yes, he wants to have a life experience, kind of not yeah. unlike Tressa. He's not like, I'm trying to gain power, but more like, I want to get better at what I do so I can help people better. Yeah, he wants to help the world. Uh, and like, by by comparison, like, um, he, he's I the can't remember how Cyrus... I don't remember how Cyrus used his Inquirer the first time well he's basically studying um, someone and it's like hmm do i believe them or i need yeah, to get this like information just, out of someone yeah which which i interpret as him staring at somebody while they watched him that's why it's he's not quite aware of what he's, he's, doing, he's but, reading people like uh sherlock holmes <laughs> that's basically what he's but, doing is just reading people uh, on the opposite like uh alfin the first time you have to use his inquire which i think is nice they call it inquiring Versus, uh, yeah, you know, scrutinizing, inquiring. He, you go up to a little kid and is like, "Hey, listen, we really need to know this so we can help your friend out, man. Can you? Would you be able to help us out? I promise, I won't tell on you." Yeah, and he's like really nice about it, and he's he's the, I'm gonna say a super chemist from tactics, but he's he's all about using items and kind of healing over time and doing more AOE healing type of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's. He's a pretty. He's just a decent character. I, I like him a lot. I like his storyline so far. I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, the only thing I'm not a huge fan of is he's got a kind of Riku like ability where you jam some items together. Luckily, it's not your normal items. It's items exclusive to him. 
Yeah, you, you um, get a lot of them throughout the, your journey, too. I have a ton. You, yeah, and you I just jam two items together, and they do something. Generally, it's... You well, it kind of tells item. you. Yeah, well, I mean, you. I'll give an example. You pick a healing base mm-hmm. that's, like, weak, medium, strong, and then, like, a small amount, which, heals, which will affect one person, or a large amount, which will affect a lot of people. Or right. you can pick an, a, uh, a poison version of it with the exact same parameters. And then you'll pick, yes. like, damage, or you can pick, bl- like, the, the thing that does deals with silence. And if you pick the healing option, it'll de-silence your whole party. If you pick the offensive option, it'll damage and silence the entire enemy party. The problem being it scales weird, and I don't know how quite to use it. And once you've done a combination, it'll tell you what it does straight up. But... If you haven't done that combination yet, it's marked as question marks. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of experimentation. Yep. But it's a he's a neat character. Um, his I, I have a hard time liking his set because I started with I started with um, Hannet and then I went to Ophelia and then I walked down and got him. And having him yeah. and Ophelia in the party makes it so I can't die because I have so many healers. Yeah. But at the, the- same time, they're they're both doing the same job, so it's like eh, I need to pick one to get rid of. Yeah, I'm. I have in my off party, I have both Ophelia and Alvine, and then I subbed someone someone else into the uh, Ophelia role also. So I have three healers in my party. I was like, I, I need to get rid of the sub. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about. I, w- I need to get rid of the sub. I will say about this game: have a healer or like a lot of items or two healers. I mean, if you have two healers, you'll never die. But at least have a healer and know how to protect them. Oh, I died a lot. I died a lot oh, with one healer. Some, something I will let people know, mm-hmm. and I didn't know this until my friend told me. Unlike every other game, with the exception of a few rare ones, um, magic power does not affect how much you heal. Your magical defense affects the potency of your heals. Hmm. Okay. So it stops you from making... Um, Cyrus and cross-classing him with Ophelia's class to make him the most powerful, you know, offensive magic and healing magic in the game. You have to, you know, you have to gear appropriately. So your black mage doesn't inherently become a crazy awesome white mage and vice versa. No, but making him a dancer makes him an incredible black mage because the the dancer (laughs) subclass enhances your magical attack. (laughs) <laughs> right so yeah that's a, it's just what i mean it's like they i like that they made that happen because in mm-hmm. a lot of rpgs the resistance ability kind of becomes worthless like uh, you, you you build your tank for defense uh, and you build your mages and stuff but a lot of rpgs let you just ignore your magic defense and this one they kind of like you know you you should probably have <laughs> you should probably use it yeah uh yeah i will say this though Magic resistance is still needed in this game, whether you're boosting your healing or not. Um, right. Fights get tough. Uh, right. I had to attempt. I was like I said, I never. I t- attempted the 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 Magus fight or whatever you call it, the Arc Magus, whatever the the top level mage class is, the super class, so many times, uh, and I just die because I don't have enough resistance. Um, and that was at level 58 is when I tried it the last time. So I might be able to try it again. Um, but it, yeah, you do need defenses in this one because they matter a lot. One thing one thing I noticed, I know this is back to gameplay for half a second, but um, each 
each fight is different. It's not just buy the best armor, buy the most attacky weapon. No, you know, yeah. You actually need to gear appropriately, and you actually need to change your stuff around appropriately. I know, and I like that. Yeah, and there's there not every weapon is just optimal either because, uh, for instance, there's um, this is just an example of knives. So if you want Primrose to do better as a damage dealer or a mage sort of type, you actually have to pick and choose which dagger you're going to use because some daggers, they don't have a good physical, but they enhance your magical attack and vice versa. Um, there's just like a lot of weapons that are like, I'm good at casting magic, but I, but it's also this weapon type. Um, I think every weapon has something like that. Uh, that it's like, okay, so I'm going to optimize my magical damage or my physical damage. Um through this one weapon type. Um, so did you, did you have more to add on? No, I, I think I'm pretty good on Alfin. Okay. I was just, I was just saying he's the probably tied with maybe Tressa for the nicest character. Yeah. He's like he's the, the, the town most bro. polite, nice character. <laughs> he's the town. I like him. Uh, he's one of the, he's one of the three that I only got through chapter one. Um, but I like him so far. Um, so I'll go with my uh, final chapter four. Uh, just recap. Uh, the, the one you mentioned that was my chapter four was Hanet. Um, so my final chapter four is Albrick. Um, his story is kind of... Uh, the reason why I, I was like tied for three and Albrick would have been the fourth isn't that the story is bad. It's that if his story is about sort of refinding who he is. And that's also apparent from chapter one. And so I don't think it suffers because of that as much as I still love the story is it's purposely confusing. It's purposely like, okay, so what does he need? Like you purposely don't understand his goal because he doesn't understand his goal. (laughs) And that's his whole, it's, it's his whole character arc. Uh, Like I mentioned, he was a protector of his of a prince or a kingdom or whatever. And that kingdom fell. So he's just sort of trying to pick up the pieces of his life afterwards and trying to figure out why he uses his blade. He still uses it's very his blade, much, but yeah, it's very much. What do I do with my life? Cause being a mercenary is not what I should do with my life. <laughs> right. So he ends up sort of going on this adventure to sort of discover himself, which isn't that much different from some of the other characters but i think it's done in a unique way it's like relearning who you are and um i don't know in, like in my mind it in my mind it was discovering a purpose versus like alfin's discovering he wants to learn more so he can be a better healer and a better apothecary um cyrus just wants to learn more because he's a nerd uh, Ulbrich wants to learn about himself yeah, and yeah, and there's a difference there. And I, one of the reasons, like a lot of people, all oh, Albrecht is super boring. I kind of relate to Albrecht in a very different way. And I'm gonna get a little personal here. I've been going through a divorce uh, the past couple months, and sort of relearning how to do things after being married nine years. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of felt like that. Like there's a lot of confusion at first, and then you kind of have to sort of pick up the pieces and just sort of go. And that's kind of the way Albrecht is. Things fell apart, and he's trying to pick him back up and figure out what to do from there. Yeah. So I was like, I kind of get this. I, I kind of get it. It's not the same. It's a little more obtuse of a relation, but I kind of get it. Um, I like him a lot. 
He's really great at fighting things. Uh, having a sword and a lance in battle is really useful for a lot of different fights. Pair him with a hunter. You can hit almost everything. Because <laughs> that gives you the bow and the axe. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I, I love him a lot for that. Um, his... His uh, one thing I didn't mention, I guess we should have uh, the final ability, which you probably haven't unlocked for everybody. The final ability, if you learn everything in a job, they all have like a sort of super attack or a super thing. Yeah. Um, they all I, I won't go into them. You can read them. They're not not all of them are super interesting or whatever. But I will say that uh, I will mention Albrecht specifically because I use it the most. His is a straight up sword attack that hits a single enemy. Um, but I regularly, regularly hit max damage with that, uh, without boosts. Yeah, it's, it's a big, yeah, it's, there's a reason he's a warrior. Yeah, it's a big hit. Um, so physically he's probably one of the most physically uh, powerful characters. So, but I, Historia, I like him a lot. I like his voice. I think as, as the voices go, him and Primrose are my favorites. So. What about yours? What's your next one? Uh, I'm going to talk about Ophelia. Um, okay. She's another she's another one who came from a more noble background and more like like you know versus uh, Ulfric came from you know he was a knight for a king. Ophelia came from us being a servant of the church. Yes. And as far as I know so far, don't say anything. Not even like a eh, or anything because I want to learn this for myself. I only did chapter one with her, so it's. For the first time in almost any video game I've played, the church isn't corrupt or terrible. <laughs> like, I appreciate, it's shocking. I appreciate that. Again, I'm getting a little personal. I'm a very religious person. <laughs> I appreciate that for freaking once. I'm tired of like, like every single time I play a video game, the church is corrupt. I'm like, they're not all corrupt. Can, can we just... Because like, <laughs> when, when done well, tactics... Uh, it's done really well. When done badly, it is the most boring plot hook of, oh boy, the church is evil. Who could have seen that coming? Uh... <laughs> uh, from what I've found out, the more on the nose that the, the game is about religion, the more badly they're going to handle that trope. I'm going to I'm gonna get stabbed by, for the saying this. Final Fantasy X was a bad executor of this. I don't even remember it. I remember it was corrupt, oh, yeah. but I don't even remember it. Yeah, the church is corrupt. The whole thing's a lie. It's a sham. But the fact that everything from the very beginning is super church. Oh, the big enemy is called sin. And uh, the servant, you know, the, the things about like somebody going on a, a pilgrimage, but all the pilgrimage sites are super serial and secret. And nobody ever wants to talk about the pilgrimage. It's just, just it's too heavy handed. It's done badly. So far for Philia, it's great. Like, the whole reason she takes on the journey isn't necessarily because she was super stoked to go on the journey. Um, her whole background, for those who may not ever play this game, uh, she's part of the Order of the Flame, which is a nice church that's about the fire, the fires of creation, I guess, is, is, yeah, the, is the quickest way to say it. Um, you're, you're also an orphan. You're adopted by the Archbishop, so, you know, daddy's the pastor. And things are going good. Everything's great. Your sister, your adopted sister, you know, the bishop's actual daughter, is preparing to go on a fun pilgrimage. Not like a world-saving pilgrimage like you know, but like a fun one where 
you take a flame to visit all the churches in the land, then you come back and you're a better person. And yeah, it's literally like a God. ritual. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a okay. noble, it's a noble one. It's not like we have to do this or the world's going to end. It's, well, no, we do this. It's important because it's a tradition and they don't want it, to. It, it plays on the, the very, like, in, in its sort of positive way, it plays on the we do this as this religion because it's been done 20 years and it's treated as extremely important because they don't want to break the tradition. Right. Yeah. I, that's what I mean, though. It's it's not like we have to do this or the world will end. It's more no, like we yeah, do this it's because a, it's it's what we do. And it's an intense personal I, desire. I look at it from the other side, too, is if you go on this pilgrimage, you get to see and learn about the world more. Yeah. And also you're still spreading news of your religion. And, you know, you're still just keeping people aware that, you know, hey, the light's out there. Cool things. You know, we're good. Yep. Um, But the reason you do it, you weren't even like trying to like well, I want to go on this religion instead. No, you were happy to serve uh, your highness forever and ever, and you were just happy. But like old, you know, old uh, parents do in games, you know, the archbishop starts to get sick, and he's not doing so great. Like, at first it makes it out like, oh, yeah, things are going to be good. And as the time goes on, things aren't going to be doing so good. And unfortunately, the only family the archbishop has is you adopted daughter and his real adopted daughter mm-hmm. and without telling them you kind of take it on yourself to go into the the sacred cave that no one but the uh no one but the pilgrimage goer is supposed to go into and you start the pilgrimage basically and then you go talk to your sister and the dad and explain like yeah i broke tradition but it's because i really love you both and i want her to be able to spend time with her dad while he's dead the dad's fading away yeah it's it's a really nice selfless act it's not like do again i love that it's not doing it for power she's not doing it because she wanted to take the pilgrimage instead she's doing it because she is because she loves her sister and her father yeah yeah she's a good person and so her 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 path is like because everybody you know everybody sits on a quest to learn more whatever whatever hers is to just finish the pilgrimage like that's i haven't gone too far with her but her quest is to do the thing she started and I like that. It's it's very, it's a very noble reason to go on a quest instead of like the village burned down. So now I gotta go get revenge. It's nope. I gotta do a thing because I said I was gonna do a thing. Now I do want to address one thing about Ophelia, uh, and I would I would have picked her next if you didn't because uh, again like religion stuff. That's that's stuff that I identify with personally. But one of the things um, that a lot of people pan her for isn't the religion stuff that I've heard so far is the way she talks. Uh, just like Harnett, your excellency, your excellency, your excellency. It struck me as very, uh, a very, we all know, not all, a lot of people know the very prim and proper church girl, right? Everyone just assumes she's crazy on the inside, but there are people who are legitimately, I'm extremely proper. I'm extremely reserved. That kind of thing. This girl was an orphan and she has everything to owe to this person right that she feels as if as a father but she feels she has to pay him the due respect at all times you know what i mean so she always calls him by his proper title because she's a proper girl so like it's very it's very like um i mean again if you don't like that that's fine right 
um it's just like people were really like uh, making fun of her even um what's his name does funny videos donkey donkey did donkey, a video yeah. where he made fun of her saying that yeah and it's funny I, it's funny but it's at the funny. same time there's a reason why she does that right it's her it's because she was she was an orphan who would have died like she right and she almost feels she didn't a, live and she only cracks that once and calls him father one time in the first chapter is that when she's leaving yes yeah, when she's leaving and it's like, and, oh my goodness! Like the the thing is, like her, it's a very very emotional thing, and it's, it's a yeah. person who, I, yeah, it's like I like her a lot because how deep she is by being like having such a front. You know what I mean? Like she's always yeah. on. Like that's that's kind of well. That's I think that's part of it. As you said, such a front. I don't really think it's a front for her. Like, no, no, no. She sincerely believes she's not really worthy that she, she really owes it that she got saved. Cause like you said, that's, she owes everything. Not a, not a front church. in deception, such a front as in, she always is on. She is always be doing the prim and proper thing, right? That she can't, oh, right, right. uh, a front is in like, this is how I am, and this is how I'm going to be at all times. She never lets that sort of emotional emotion sort of break down that idea that we have to be proper, except for once, where she calls him father, and that's significant. That makes it significant when she says it. Yeah, um, and it's it's not like it. The church told her she has to do that. No, the no, daughter that's... says it all the time in front of other people, but like dad. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's her. It's her decision. It has nothing to do with the church. You're right. Uh, also, the dad is the nicest guy ever. He's not even like, well, I took her in because I had to. It's just like, no, I I had to do it. She's she needed a home and a family, and even when she's like, the sisters are kind of poking and making fun of him. He's not like, you guys better be more respectful. He's just like, yeah, what do I do to deserve these kids? Ah. Yeah, he's he's, he's a. Just a very moderate guy. Um, so my final one is going to be Therion. I typically like the rogue type. Um, again, I like all the characters. I can't. I can't help it. Right, Therion. Um, he's sort of like a master thief kind of idea. Even though you start at level ten or whatever once you're done with the story, like everyone else. But anyways, that aside, he's a really good thief. He's sort of cocky and that kind of stuff. He finds himself sort of duped. And in uh, sort of like trick to go steal these items for someone. This is the, the very much convoluted railroading DM story for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like um, it's not that I don't like the story. I think it's fine. Uh, but this this sort of the the mentality of the setup of go get these items kind of thing. It's a very I've recognized that a lot in D&D. That happens a lot. Um He's uh, his personality so far isn't very uncommon in sort of roguish type that he is. Um, I've seen hints, and I granted I've only, he's another one. I've only done the chapter one, so he's my third one. I've only done chapter one, but there's there's hints of of, of more complexity there. But again, I've only seen chapter one. Um, not really a big fan of the steel abilities. Um, I don't feel like they do a lot. Um, it is nice that he is a little versatile and just because the dancer only has a dagger. He actually has a dagger and a sword, which makes sense because a lot of rogues in D&D use swords also. Sort of like uh, there's the dagger for being sneaky and sword when I get caught <laughs> kind of idea. Yeah. Um, 
you know, because a sword is better than a dagger, hands down, face to face. So, um, it's like he's he's very to me he's very much a D and D rogue, which I like. And there's not, but to me, there's not enough there. I think his is going to be one of those builds as the story goes kind of thing. I I think he's a fun character. Um, I think mostly because he's he's not as much as I love Balthier from Final Fantasy twelve. I love him. You know, the main character. I'm the greatest thing ever. He's not that. He's a very kind of. He, he's well known for being an excellent rogue. He's not flaunting in front of anybody like an idiot. He's just like he, he does his thing, and he does it because he likes the challenge of it. Yeah, he's very he's very cocky, very very confident in his abilities and that kind of thing. Um, as far as like mentality when he's talking, he's like to me he another reason why like I, I mean I like him, but I'm not like over you know over the moon about him like some of the other characters is the very anime cocky you know what i mean yeah the very oh yeah i can do anything sort of mentality or you know i'm bored or you know like that i've i've seen this a lot in animes that i don't like and that's kind of way yeah the yawn like i hate i hate that (laughs) now that doesn't mean i hate him um i'm just not impressed yet i like him but i'm not i'm not gonna be cheering on the roof with therion yet (laughs) I agree with your comment, by the way, about the D&D storyline. Mm-hmm. It is very much a D&D storyline of like, all right, you guys are a bunch of people. You're in a town. Um, somebody hired you to go do a thing. And then so you go do it. And then you uncover something. You're like, oh, oh, this is actually deeper than yeah. just getting hired to do a thing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's- <laughs> it actually means something. And I like that. Yep. <clears throat> and then uh, final one, Tressa. Tress is adorable. She is. Tress is just, she's a fun little character. And she did it kind of, I think she's more about the boredom one, too. She's that boredom adventure hook of, like, she starts off, she's just working in a parent's shop. She's just a shopkeeper who just kind of exists. And life's all right. I mean, her parents are pretty successful, right? That's Isn't it? They're doing pretty good when yeah. that's, her storyline starts off. Yeah, it's just that she doesn't want to be a sh- just a shopkeeper. She wants to be a, an actual like traveling merchant, and see the world, and what you know. What is the world about? And so she kind of takes her her limited skill of selling from the shop, and just kind of leaves one day. She's yeah, fails. she uh, <laughs> well, she gets inspired by uh, a very well-to-do traveler that comes in. who's also a merchant. She gets inspired by this, you know, like, oh, look what he's done with his life sort of thing. And I want to go have that adventure. And then you sort of learn her dad did the same thing in the back in the day. So And she does have that little bit of revenge because, you know, she got robbed. And, but she's like, okay, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is there is a bit of a, you know, a spark to start this idea. And she has that journal that she got from the dude, um, the merchant dude. It's sort of like she's she's following um, this is the one I got through chapter two, and that's it so far. Um, I like her. She's a little bit bubbly and that kind of stuff. A lot of people call her another anime trope because the the un, unfettered bubbliness, I guess. Um, I don't know. She seems interesting enough to me. Again, again, it's not one that I'm like super identified with, or you know, going to say is super awesome, but I still like it. 
So I'll I'll uh I'll go a little bit past chapter one without naming any specific events because I don't want to spoil things. But um, she's a little I'm not, not gonna say naive, but positive to a fault. Like she's oh, really yeah. trying her best at all the times, but sometimes like she says a little too much and is very open, and that's not a great thing. Like you know, sure you're doing good and you're you're doing your best, but maybe tone it down a little bit. It's, it's be careful who you say things in front of. And aggressive like optimism. That. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I know what you're talking about. Like maybe uh, and this isn't related to her. This is just a generic trope because it happens in D and D a lot. Maybe don't talk about how the le- the uh, the town mayor is a dick and needs to be overthrown. Like while there's guards about that may- they're getting paid by the the dick who needs to get overthrown. <laughs> yeah, <Don't>. maybe. <laughs> Don't spark a rebellion while the person you're rebelling against is in the same town square as you. <laughs> True. <laughs> that that's that type of overly aggressive optimism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, I'm. She's the only one who can use wind abilities, like I mentioned earlier. She has a cool set though. Like you're like, okay, what would a merchant do in battle? Merchant do cool stuff in battle. Actually, hire someone to come beat someone up. That's that's kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one. You can just pay currency, which I'm against because getting currency is kind of hard. Buying some of the more expensive weapons, but that said, if you ever had the Final Fantasy VII or ten uh, summon Yojimbo, you'll know that sometimes paying people can do a lot of good. Um, but she's also one of the um the weird side jobs that that messes with battle points and yeah. she can move battle points around which is really cool and does a lot her, of crazy stuff too it's her and alfine right they're the two i think so yeah yeah and she's like it's just it's really cool that they put that in there yep <clears throat> well uh i think we should wrap it up there oh. we were at like One an thing hour I 40 say. almost one thing I did want to say, it's very short. I found the four mm-hmm. extra jobs. Mm-hmm. So if you if you want, we can mention it real fast. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is Starseer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're very about um, boost, Buffs, just right? buffing things. They, they buff everybody. And they also drop stars on people. Okay. Uh, and it looks, it looks like they have like a flare style attack. So, you know, fun times. Uh, then you have Warmaster, which is the yeah, the warrior. Digi- they, yeah, the warrior. All their abilities are attacks with different weapons. Mm. So you just need to do damage. You can do it. Uh, then you have Rune Lord, which is um, it, it's the self buff thing. You actually end up enhancing your weapons with elemental damage, which is, I think is kind of cool. Okay. Um. And then the last one is Sorcerer, which is, you know. The Sorcerer. Uh, yeah, it's it's Super Mage. <laughs> they do yeah. a lot of damage a lot of times to every foe. Right. So I like that they did cover all four of the things, you know. Well, they don't have know, a good healer he- in there. Um, I think it's because it's assumed that you're going to take it with a healer class. Or because it's a super unit, they didn't want to waste it its abilities on something that everybody else can do you know true it just means i won't be using one of the four in my main party because i need a healer 
because my only healer right. is literally the subclass I have. So yeah, it's just kind of neat that they uh, they gave something extra. And from what I understand, they are all very post game stuff. Right. Yeah, I would probably but, uh, I would probably use uh, just real quick. I'd probably uh, keep Primrose as dancer slash cleric. I'd probably make Albrick uh, warrior. Um, make him the the rune lord where he buffs himself. I'd probably make Hanet the star seer, not the star seer. Yeah, the star seer. The that uh, is it. The star seer that buffs other. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd make her the warmonger. I'd leave out the star seer. So, I did want to say something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a reference to our main show, Hunter's Hub. Yay. Yeah. Um, there is a monster you can catch with Hannet. It's called the Mossy Meep. And it gives big, big heels. Real big heels. And oh, yeah. And you can catch it, them and they have seven uses each. Uh, yeah. They're moss, they're moss wine. It they're absolutely looks like just a moose wine. Moss yeah, wine. yeah, it does. <laughs> they're just a it's pig just, looking thing with like a basically a pachycephalosaur dome on their head and and they have moss growing over the back and they're really cool and i just I thought it was kind of neat that i forgot they had it they had it in there yep but uh so overall impression i love the game same it's, here i'm willing to i want to 100 it because i'm actually reading quest texts and paying attention to everything that I scrutinize off people, even if they don't give me. Yeah, we didn't even go into the fact there's side quests and stuff. Like, there's yeah. there's a lot to this game. I mean, it's an RPG, but like, even if you scrutinize somebody, and they don't give me a hidden gem. I'll I'll read their text because it gives more about the world. Yeah. Um, oh, go to Therion's area. You can scrutinize the dogs. Yes, you can. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> I think it's silly, and it doesn't, you know, some of them obviously will reveal a hidden item or some crap like that, but uh, some of them will be like, yeah, he really doesn't actually like his handler. And it's like, that has nothing to do with the storyline yeah. or anything, but it's nice that they added that. Uh, so so we'll uh, we'll wrap yeah. it up. We'll do our little get-to-know-you thing. Uh, one quick question, I guess, right? Uh, sure. So what, did you have a question in mind or what? Uh, do you, what was the last one we did last time? I don't want to double it up. I don't remember. Wasn't it like your favorite RPG style or something? Um, oh, it was favorite game. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we asked our favorite game. Yeah. Um, favorite games. I think it was a few. It was three. Okay. It was top three. Cause, That's right. Yeah. Cause, okay, so let, we'll make a short one. Is there any type of games you do not like? Like that you just absolutely do not enjoy? Um, that be it a, uh, a genre or a gameplay or style. Or a theme or something. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd like to say space. <laughs> but That's fine. No, no, no. I'll be, I'll be uh, one that I really just avoid because I just don't care for them. Is uh, um, horror. I don't like horror. I don't like being scared. Really? Yeah, I just don't. Hmm. That granted, I actually do watch a horror YouTube show, but he's more like reviewing on horror things because horror is always interesting in some aspect, right? I'll occasionally dip into it, of course. But um, horror games like Silent Hill, never played it. Um, I play Resident Evil for the action, not for the scariness. That's why people look fondly on Resident Evil One, and I've never played it and have no desire to. Um, 
I liked number two because it was a little more action-y. You had to fight gators and sharks and stuff. And it's getting a remake. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so generally just horror. I just don't like that kind of thing. Okay. Um, for mine, and this, this might come as a shock because I, I love tactics games. I don't like strategy real-time tactics games. Like, oh, I'm going to give RTSs. an example. I know. I like RTSs. It is, I don't like okay. um, the Tales of style of games. Okay. Where it's occupying a 3D space and you're giving action commands, but not really. In, or, like, sometimes you control only one party member and the others are kind of doing it. The only one I've liked is Final Fantasy XII. Hmm. But... I did. I dislike the Tales of games um, as much as I adore and I love Hayao Miyazaki. Right. Um, I didn't like that game he made. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember what game it is now. No idea. It's for, it's for the PS4. Um, but any games like that, um, another one that everybody loves and that they keep yelling at me about because I should I should like it by all rights is uh, Dragon Age Inquisition and those Dragon Age games because you have a team. And it's very RPG, and you're ordering them around, and there's fun stuff to do. I just, I don't like that partially turn-based, partially not turn-based combat. Uh, mm. It's just, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't stick with me well. I, I've just never enjoyed it. I always feel cheated when, like, an ally dies, because it's like, well, I didn't have control of them. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. The only reason I really liked twelve is because it was extremely customizable, which is always a plus for me, and because you built the AI of how your teammates act. Uh, so you're thinking like <laughs> Dra- Dragon Age one? Yeah, yeah, Dragon Age one and like uh, Nino Cooney. That's the name. Okay, I didn't really like Nino Cooney. <clears throat> yeah, I'm a, I'm with you there. I actually like Dragon Age two, where it's a little more actiony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't play Dragon Age. It's just I don't know the I don't know what genre you would call that, but I'm going to call it partially pseudo like time tactics. Yeah, pseudo tactics. Yeah. yeah, Mass Effect is also known for doing that. Or real time turn based. Yeah, uh, Mass Effect. I actually kind of like that one. Well, you probably but don't like it for the battle system. I'll tell you that. I, I liked at least the first one. I liked the battle system number one. Like it for the battle system. You like the battle system, oh. but it's not while you're playing it. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, it's it's just that style for some reason. Yeah. I, it never clicked with me. It always feels either too slow or things are happening too fast around you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But that is the game I like. So now you've learned more about us. Yep. Um, so we're going to wrap it up here. Um, next, next month we are going to, or this month we're going to be playing, um, Gravity Rush. Um, I'm going to be playing on PS4. Um, I understand it's on PC also. I think. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but along with that, we're bringing on a third co-host, which is Haru. If you listen to the Hunter's Hub, he's our guest that keeps guesting. Um, we're bringing him on officially as our third voice on side quest um and this was his suggestion um to play so we're going to be playing playing gravity rush um so pick it up it's on sale today it won't be when this comes out so i hope you heard this through time and space so <laughs> uh thank you guys for yeah, listening sounds good <laughs> have a good day uh so oh yep it's on the vita and ps4 no pc okay 
so PS4, pick it up. Um, yep. This is uh, this is at uh, Hunters Hub Pod, and you'll see a dash one after that name on the Twitter thing. Um, and we will see you guys on the next side quest and toaster. What will you be? Uh, you'll be making. You'll be seeing me try to explore as many as many paths as I can before I have to switch over to playing Gravity Rush and play that one. Hopefully I'll be able to put more time in the gravity rush. Um, yeah. I think I should because it's more action and doesn't require nearly as much time. Yeah. Well, uh, for me, I'm going to be playing gravity rush and then going back to Octopath. Um, uh, I need a, I, that's probably a better solution. I need a break. <laughs> like, I... The grinding today is just like... I, 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 I,